Welcome back, everybody, to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsperts. We are your daily dose of quick and handy capping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and joining me as always, he went with the retro headphones today, people. I like it. I mean, I guess, Andy, you know, we'll talk about the football game, but I really wanted to know, what was your experience like as an Orlando Magic better? I am three days sober of betting the Orlando Magic, so I didn't join you last night. But what did you think? How did it go? Would you do it again? I would do it again. I mean, honestly, I don't have an NBA model. I don't look at NBA stats. I had to ask you, like, who do you think the best player on the Magic is? <laughs> so, I mean, a, a lot of it was just pure pre- – I didn't even get peer pressured into it, but I ended up – changing uh changing the avatar in the in the basketball group to as many magic uh you know magic what he, emojis as i could and this one of them just happened to, yeah one of them happened to be a wizard and someone said are we betting the wizards too i said i have to now so ended up washing on the night i guess that was uh that was okay oh no i i, I made money because i bet your picks too that under the lowest under on the board is going to crush it again this year, apparently. So that never even, I don't even think it really, would it land on 190? And it really wasn't in danger. Like overtime would have uh, <clears throat> been a problem, but the lead never really got small towards the end there. That was nice. And every favorite but one covered last night. So the other one that we bet clearly won. Big night for favorites. Yeah, the Kings just absolutely went bananas. Um, it was almost perfect. I was, I think, two points away from hitting my middle in the Wizards-Pelican games. I, I grabbed some live over 207, and there was some late missed free throws, much to my chagrin. But overall, the NBA continues to be pretty good. I'm sorry about your Orlando Magic. How'd the football game go? We missed the first touchdown score. George Kittle was not on my list. I think I saw a couple people that grabbed him. So congrats to anybody else that had Mr. Kittle, but he was not on our list. Um, second half play didn't go so hot either. It was just 49ers and more 49ers. Yeah, I I took the 49ers second half. We had trouble with the stream, so I got it. <clears throat> I got it out with like two seconds before the kick. But uh, yeah, I took the six and a half points. Uh-huh. So I mean, that was that was never. I, it's either this is what I'm saying about the halftime plays. It's either we we lose them all in hilarious fashion, or we crush them all. So. Yeah, yep, Thursday, Thursday over, Sunday team total over, and then last night the yeah the 49ers plus six and a half was silly, and there were some smart cookies in the chat last night that said, "What about a little bit on 49ers money line, like plus two twenty or whatever it was?" Sprinkle that shit. So, congrats to anyone who did that. There's often like hitting hitting two to one underdogs is tough. Hitting two to one dog one to two to one underdogs in halves and derivatives seems like. There's a little more of an easier proposition, especially a second half in a game that shorter sample that, that's size. That's why that's why we stayed away from that total. It said when does Sean or when does McVay quit? And I mean they they struggled to get a first down in like their first four drives. So really it, it was it was a bad second half. I'm glad it went my way, but uh didn't really enjoy watching any of it. Paid more attention to basketball. And we're back out of the whatever garbage God, where was it? Uruguay? We're back from Montevideo. We're back in Guadalajara for the WTA finals. The men's stuff is going weird right now. People are pulling it or pulling out. And uh, I, it's I'm tough. It's, in that. it's the end of the season. I mean, this is the this is an 11th month tennis season. You know, players take breaks for a couple weeks or so here and there, but 
you're traveling all over the world. You're traveling several time zones. You know, you're talking about eight, 10 hour flights every week to go somewhere new, to stay somewhere different. You're playing tennis all the time. If you're playing good, you're playing, you know, four or five tennis matches on average a week on top of all your practice and things like that. So it really is a grind, which is why these end events can be a little messy. But like you said, um, no picks in Montevideo, just, you know, a ton of huge uh, favorites, like minus 500 or deeper against women that I really don't even recognize their names. So staying away from that. But the WTA finals, we got through the round robin, Andy. So no more weird rules. No more thing to explain. We're just playing tennis now again. It's just a little four-player bracket. Um, as we look at the semifinals, the other side of uh, we've got to play here on the one match, but the other match we're not going to be picking. Annette Contevate's going to be playing Maria Zachary. Uh, like Contevate a little bit in that match. I was thought about maybe parlaying her with some stuff. She's running around minus 185. I have her closer to minus 200, but you know, Zachary has played pretty solid as of late, so um, not sure what I'm going to do with that. The play I do like, however, though, the other semifinal, Garbina Muguruza, the Spaniard, uh, sneaks in here with two wins in a row in her group. She plays Paula Bedosa. I've been really uninspired by the way Muguruza's looked. Bedosa did lose her last match. You know, it's a tough loss to Schweitek, but it was a match she didn't necessarily need to win. And you saw Iger really go out and put a strong effort after kind of struggling this week. I think it really meant a lot to her to walk away with at least one win this week, whereas Bedosa was, you know, not that she didn't play well and try her best, but I don't know if she necessarily was trying to grind out a match there. But I look at her in this matchup. I have her out closer to minus 155, almost minus 160. So minus 135 you can find. Anything from minus 135 to minus 145 looks good to me it could be a competitive kind of two setter that's why i'm going with the money line here instead of maybe going minus two games minus two and a half games if you find something like that um Muguruza is a tough player she can certainly take this to three but really like Bedosa, she is the most comfortable player in these conditions being outdoors being five thousand plus feet above sea level looked really nice so um gonna grab some Bedosa here for our first wta finals pick of the week i'm down what what time are these played? I mean, it's Central Time, so it's like after or maybe maybe Mountain Time for Guad. Three p.m. Eastern is this match. Eight thirty p.m. Eastern will be the Contivate match. So a little afternoon that, tennis. Yeah, now that I think about it, it, might even be West Coast time. I'm gonna have to look at where Guadalajara is exactly. We'll figure it out. I do Mexico. know. <laughs> thank you. I know. Go like what part? Goofball. I do know where Sea the Island Mexican is. Part? Sea Island is in Georgia. It is a beautiful little community. I made a beautiful little uh, DFS mat, a DFS lineup, which is now fucking ruined, thanks to Harris English. <laughs> I was I was able to make a DFS lineup and have a lot of money left over, honestly, like six thousand, with only golfers who live and claim permanent residence on Sea Island where the golf tournament is had. So I made a locals only DFS lineup with Harris English, Hudson Swafford, Post, and a few other guys. And Harris English did pull out today, which ruins it. I'm not sure why he wouldn't play his home tournament. That kind of stinks. Maybe he just wants to drink while everyone's, it's like, it's like when you go home for Thanksgiving and everyone's back home, I guess there's a lot of crowds and he wants to just hang out on Sea Island this week at home. But uh, RSM classic outrights. I did find a few, um, some people had talked to me about Russell Henley last week, and uh, he he played well again. It was one of those where it was a weird deal where last week he had a lot of success at that tournament in the past, but it was at a different course then. But then on the other hand, it's like, yeah, but he's playing really well right now too. So I didn't know what to do with him. 
he ended up finishing nicely. Um, his price is still decent here at 28 to one. I'm still probably fine with that down to like 25. It's not a great field. And he did end up finishing in the top 10 last week, despite some a little bit of struggles here and there. Uh, Johnny Vegas, I backed last week as well. He's another guy that I'm going to go back to the well with probably too many times. He's 66 to one. I think there's some 75s out there. I just grabbed all these from one book, kind of the, the worst of the number. I'll be shopping these around this afternoon. Johnny Vegas finished 26th last week, but that was with a really, really horrid Sunday. Like essentially he was, he was in the top three going in. He had a very nice first three days. He just struggles sometimes with that putter. If the putter can go get going, he's obviously a top five guy here. And does it bother price. you? He struggled on Sunday a couple times now. Yeah, I mean it does, but all it takes is just a couple putts falling, and you know he he could be winning in one of these tournaments. So these are guys I am going to go look for top twenty lineup or top twenty prices on as well, and maybe with List and Adwin top thirty, top forty because they're bigger prices. Luke List just sucks shit at putting, and he still got eleventh. He lost like five and a half strokes putting and still almost top 10 at the Houston open. He's another guy. If the putter gets hot, he's so good at the rest of his game, like full Keegan, he can, he can win the tournament like this. So he, and he is uh, another decent sized price at uh, 80 to one. And then finally, Adam Hadwin, big price guy. He's had some nice finishes over the summer. He did well at the 3M or Vegas did well too. He did well at the Shriners. His course should fit him well. He's a pretty big number here, and just a, a guy who's actually good at putting. He's the, the opposite. He needs to get the rest of his game to follow up. So if he's finding the fairway, finding the greens, the putts will always fall, and you can find this probably 125 if you looked. So those four, I'll have some matchups tomorrow, and it's a shitty day in the NBA. Do you have anything? I didn't even look at the sheet. I, I did somehow. It's it's one of those rare three-game slates where I found a couple things I liked. Um, you know, it's a Tuesday, so it'll actually be on TNT. They're not scaredy cats of anything that's happening on Tuesday for whatever reason. But uh, a couple picks tonight. The game we're taking off. The Clippers, they're taking a bunch of money against the Spurs. I know some of the smart guys in our NBA chat grabbed some Clippers here around six, six and a half. Kudos to them. If it keeps going, I might consider a bet on the Spurs, honestly. But for now, um, grabbing the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, I was able to get minus two and a half earlier today. Seeing some threes pop, that's fine. I think the Nets here are, are being a little underrated given um, Joe Harris will be out tonight. It looks like Draymond Green might play. Unfortunately, a, a particular uh, injury website lied to me and told me that Draymond Green was out this morning, which <laughs> had me really excited for the two and a half. But turns out he might be playing, which makes me... A little less excited, but you know, even with Draymond Green in here, both teams at full strength. I have this basically Nets minus five, almost five and a half as I start to tweak some stuff. So, you know, if for some reason we see somebody pop late on the injury report for Golden State, that'll be good for us. It's just this is a marquee game. We've seen the Nets really raise their their level against some of these better teams. You know, players like Kevin Durant. Um, and again, a lot of this is qualitative stuff, and you can go back and look, but you know, he generally does well in some of these spots. I think this is a really um, important game for Brooklyn. I think they're really going to be focused tonight, and they've just been kind of beating the crap out of teams lately. Tough schedule spots they've overcome, you know, ba bad injuries and missing players they've overcome. So you know, as I look at the Nets, even with everybody healthy, I see an edge here. There's just a lot of other little nice things that I like about the Nets tonight. I think it's a really good spot for them. 
And then we'll go back to the first quarter here. The Philadelphia 76ers, they're now all the way up to 10-point underdogs here against the Utah Jazz. Um, I understand this. The Sixers have been playing really above kind of their level from a full game perspective. If you go and look at their shooting percentage kind of versus their expected shooting percentage based on the shots that they're taking, they're way above and beyond where they're supposed to be. So um, I think things are going to start to come back to earth a little bit. They're still without Joel Embiid and the Utah Jazz specifically are a team that really beats up um, on teams with short benches and kind of without all their players here. So I think some of these backup minutes are going to be really tough for the Sixers overall in the full game. So not taking the 10 there, but as I look at the first quarter here, the Sixers have been a great team starting all year, are really solid in the first quarter. The Jazz have actually been a little slow out of the gate. Um, I think, you know, they kind of take their time, I guess, a little bit to warm in. But as you look at it, their ratings and in the first quarter are much lower than they are kind of the rest of the game. They kind of build up as things go along. So um, really like the spot for the Sixers. I think they can easily cover this. I have this only a one point difference um, in the first quarter. So happy to grab three and a half. There's some threes out there as well. That's fine too. So we'll lay two and a half, three with the nets again, play that out to probably three and a half, maybe four for a, le- a lesser stake. And then the Sixers first quarter will play that uh, plus three, no less than that. I'm body. I'll play them. It's been working out. Why not? I'm I'm winning in the NBA because I'm, I'm apparently just picking your winners. Like I'm picking the ones. Like the the days <laughs> the days that I forget to bet them, they don't go so well. So maybe I'll I, I have maybe I'm your lucky maybe I'm your totem. That's and, probably uh, it, what come, it is. I was thrown off with not having you around for a week. You know, got to spend all that time carrying Matt. You know, figuring out what to do with Dan. It's just a mess. So I, it's just easier. Life is easier that, when you're around. That's and that's where then and you know the viewers asked why were there only one set of footprints and Alex said that's where I carried Matt for a whole week. A <laughs> um, couple things from the chat. Guadalajara is Central Time. Thank you, Brett. Lake Show Magazine says good NBA picks yesterday, Alex. I agree. Um, somebody says we should all hit the thumbs up button. Agree with that as well. And then, yeah, the Duke thing is rough. I didn't know you could get aiding and abetting to a DUI. Like basically, the two kids from Duke Wait, are what? charged. Two two kids from Duke are charged. Somebody got the DUI, and somebody got the like aiding of the. So I, maybe it's you know knowing farewell that that person shouldn't be driving a car and not doing anything about it. Like the Seinfeld law where you get in trouble, like the Good Samaritan thing. I'm not sure. I'm going to dig into that. That's interesting. I'm sure it's a much, much lesser charge than an actual DUI, but apparently both have been charged with something. So something to watch if you're looking at betting Mr. Duke's Duke, Dukey team with, uh, and it's Shevsky's grandkid, one of them. Ooh. I'm not sure who was behind the wheel. So should be a, an interesting wrinkle to the Shevsky, uh, the Shevsky's grandkid is old enough to drive. Oh, Matt, Matt Ryan, who I don't think is the actual super old, like 70, man. Um, Kid driving was the grandson, according to Brett. And then Matt Ryan, who I don't think is the quarterback from the Falcons, a different Matt Ryan says, was he sober and let the drunk drive? Yeah, I wonder that that's a bad look, too. Like if you're stone cold sober and the guy's tuned up and you let him drive, maybe get in trouble. I'm not a lawyer. Seems like a very interesting thing to try to determine, but. Let's try to maybe focus on something more positive. Yeah, just uh, yeah, no, I went down a weird, weird rabbit hole there. So, oh, Matt, Matt's. I love that joke. Yeah, I'm all about that joke. Being able to take a charge. Jeez, I'm blaming Dan for that. Uh, Maction, I'm not a college football expert, but it's Tuesday and I wanted to bet something, so I did some cursory research, 
anybody who can help me out and tell me why these are bad bets would be great or tell me they're good bets. That would be good too. Um, Toledo team total over 31.5, basically just based on the fact that Ohio's defense is real, real bad. Toledo has a good offense. They've scored on average more than this. They, uh, I believe they changed quarterbacks a couple a uh, couple games ago. He's been fine. They have a really good running back. And Ohio has a bottom 20 defense in the entire country. Are now, I believe, can't win enough games to become bowl eligible while at the same time. And I hate using like bowl eligible shit as a, as a, as a course of, you know, this is why we should play a game, but Toledo can become bowl eligible to win. They should win this game either way. Like you don't want to lose any game, but look for Toledo to get over 31 and a half here. And then in the other one, a lot of wind in Kalamazoo, he says, Oh, maybe that's why I should stay away from the 66. So Eastern and speaking of bad defenses, like Eastern Michigan's defense is even worse. It is legitimately top 10 worst in the country down there with the, you know who else is down there? Kansas. Luckily, luckily they have an offense. I guess I'm just gonna keep bringing that game up, but maybe I'll look at I'll look at this one. So this this one opened 69 according to BC legend Matt Ryan, nice. and has been bet down to 66. Guess what? I'm the buyback. I'm taking it anyway. Wind wind don't scare me in Kalamazoo. Those Michigan wins. I'm not nearly as worried about it. Um, as uh, I should be apparently, but over 66, basically just two stinky defenses, two teams that average at least this many points looking for a shootout to, uh, you know, points beget more points. When one team leads, the other team needs to stay on the gas and both defenses are ranked at least a hundredth or worst in the country. So uh, kind of looking for points tonight and these early week, I don't know if there's actually a, any empirical data to prove why or what but these early week games have had a lot of scoring it's been very tilted to the over so i, I guess i can see why the under would be bad in the, less time for defenses to prepare maybe yeah i guess maybe you just your offense is your offense you're not throwing in a lot of wrinkles at this level like uh the nfl so um yeah a couple overs for me and then i, I think that's gonna kill it so four sports little tennis little golf little basketball tight little 20 minutes today tight 20 minutes if you are in michigan you don't get this you can't have it talk to your oh, legislator yeah. talk to your legislator you can bet at win bet but you don't get this promo for some reason i have no idea why there's the red the red the tape the, yeah the red tape is silly but any other win bet state you can bet literally anything for a dollar and win a hundred is a new user promo Links are in the pinned tweet at Brown Bag Bets on Twitter. I'm Andy. He's yes. Alex. Producer Dan has been trolling in the chat and running all the tech. And for all of us here, hit the thumbs up at the YouTube, and we'll catch you tomorrow for uh, Money in the Brink. Love you, Matt. <laughs>